0: Thanks for listening to Hallelujah, I Have Breakthrough, hosted by Kiara Bryant. Listen every Wednesday and Sunday as Kiara talks about walking in victory, breakthrough, and overcoming by the Word of God. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Today's Wednesday word, as you can tell by the title, is supernatural so i'm just going to jump right into it because i think this is one of those times where i say this isn't going to be a long episode and then it ends up being 40 minutes long i don't think it's going to be long but who knows so supernatural really isn't a word that comes up often in the bible i wasn't able to find it too many times and i was looking it up in The original languages so either the Hebrew and the Greek and a lot of times it's used as both but supernatural beings being angels and demons so that's a lot of the the circumstances that I found the word supernatural being used so I looked it up on Google and supernatural is defined as the manifestation or event attributed to some force Attributed to some force beyond scientific understanding or the laws of nature. So obviously God is not a manifestation or an event. He is a person, a man, a spirit, love. God is, he just is, he's a lot of things. But he is a divine creator, supreme, all-powerful, god i mean there's really there's a lot of ways to describe him and then there's also no way to describe him if that makes sense so he is beyond natural he's beyond nature he's superior he supersedes the natural so we live in a natural world that was created supernaturally in six days and if you've never heard that story I will read that to you right now, a whole 30 verses, and I'm going to be reading in the New Living Translation if you wanted to follow along. It says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and darkness night, and evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. Then God said, Let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens from the water of the earth. And that's what happened. God made this space to separate the waters of the earth from the waters of the heavens. God called the space sky. And evening passed and morning came, marking the second day. Then God said, Let the waters beneath the sky flow together in one place, so dry ground may appear. And that is what happened. God called the dry ground land and the waters seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the land sprout with vegetation and every sort of seed-bearing plant, and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. These seeds will produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came. And that is what happened. The land produced vegetation and all sort of seed bearing plants and trees with seed bearing fruit. The seeds produce plants and trees of the same kind, and God saw that it was good. And the evening passed, and the morning came, marking the third day. Then God said, "Let lights appear in the sky to separate the light to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days and years. Let the lights in the sky shine down on the earth." And that is what happened. God made two great lights, the larger one to govern the day and the smaller one to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set these lights in the sky to light the earth, to govern the day and the night, to separate the light from the darkness, and God saw that it was good. And evening passed and morning came, marking the fourth day. Then God said, Let the water swarm with fish and other kinds of life. Let the skies be filled with birds of every kind, so God created great sea creatures and every living thing that scurries and swarms in the water, and every sort of bird, each producing offspring of the same kind. Then God saw that it was good. Then he blessed him, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, let the fish fill the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. And the evening passed, and morning came, marking the fifth day. Then God said, Let the earth produce every sort of animal, each producing offspring of the same kind, livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground, and wild animals. And that is what happened. God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock, and small animals, each able to produce offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image, like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky. The livestock and all the wild animals on earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground so god created human beings in his own image in the image of god he created them male and female he created them then god blessed them and said be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and govern it reign over the fish in the sea the birds in the sky and the animals that scurry along the ground then God said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout this earth and all the fruit trees for your food, and I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life, and that is what happened. Then God looked over everything he had made, and he saw that it was very good. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the sixth day. Hebrews chapter 11 Verse one says, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So this might be a little bit offensive to some people, especially if you've never heard this before, but God had to have faith. God had to have faith in his own words because there was nothing there. He he didn't see anything. So faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. In Genesis 1 verse 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. There was nothing nothing to see and he created something. He created it. And then it says, The earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the deep waters and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the water. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So God had to have faith in his very own words in order to see things come to pass. He said, let there be light, and there was light. He's God, he's not like us, so he says something, and obviously, God being God and the creator of faith, you know, it's it's different, it's not the same as us. God had to have faith in his own words. Everything that God has done from start to finish, has been done supernaturally. From the creation up until the last day, the way he wrote his word, the way he even wrote his word was done supernaturally. By the Holy Ghost, he sent his spirit to dwell on people, to supernaturally write words that they weren't even there for. Do you know who wrote the book of Genesis? Moses. I mean, if you want to go deeper, the Holy Spirit wrote the book of Genesis. He wrote the entire Bible. But the physical person who wrote Genesis was Moses. Moses wasn't even born yet. Moses hasn't been hadn't been born for like hundreds, maybe even a thousand years. I'm not really sure when Moses was born, but Moses wasn't even born. He wasn't even a thought yet. So everything that God has done from the beginning all the way until the end, And even the way that he's going to do things like we see in the book of Revelation, like we see in the the books of the prophets who prophesied what's going to happen in the last days, in the end times, everything that God has done, everything that God is doing, and everything that God will ever do has always happened supernaturally. So everything God has done from start to finish has been done supernaturally. We see in the beginning, God doing these things on his own. But after he gave Adam dominion, he used people. And there's not one person in the Bible that succeeded the the task that the Lord gave them without his anointing. And if you do anything without the anointing, you're doing it in your own strength. One of the reasons that God did it this way, other than like the major fact that this was never supposed to be a natural world anyway... Physical, yes, but natural, no. The reason he does it this way, or one of the reasons he does it this way, is so that we can't boast, so we couldn't take the glory for ourselves, because that's something that's in the nature, the human nature, the flesh, the carnality of human beings. Judges chapter 7 verse 2, when Gideon is, when Gideon gets the task, the assignment from the Lord, the Lord tells him, you have too many people. It says, the Lord said to Gideon, you have too many warriors with you. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves by their own strength. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So no, so none of us can boast about it. So God saved us by grace through faith. He, it says he saved us by his grace when we believed. And how do we believe? We get faith that isn't even ours. God poured out a measure of faith. That's not our faith. God gave us faith. And if you want more faith after that, you can't get more faith in your own power and your own strength. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, hearing and understanding the word of God. So he says, we can't take credit for this because it is a gift from God. Our salvation was a free gift. Our faith was a free gift. I cannot take credit for that. It's not my own. I didn't give it to myself. Salvation isn't a reward for the good things that I've done. I haven't been good enough to earn it or deserve it jesus died on that cross to save people who weren't good and by his grace and by his power he turns them from an old dead person into a new creation and isaiah 42 8 says i am the lord that is my name i will not give my glory to anyone else nor share my praise with carved idols. So he won't give his glory to anybody else. And he's not going to share his praise with false gods. But really, like what I want to focus on is that he said, I will not give my glory to anyone else. No one gets to have the glory of what God has done. So now that we've talked about how Everything that God does is supernatural. Like, honestly, if you just go through the word, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But if you just go through the word, like, I want you to tell me one thing that's in the word of God that seemed to be natural in in human strength. Like God, like Gideon started out with, I don't, I don't know how many people. He started out with a decent number. I mean, like compared to the Midianites, it was still low. But he he brought that army down. To size of a, of a three of 300, just to say that when I cause you guys to, to have victory over the Midianites, no one will be able to boast. God will make impossible things, seemingly impossible things, very possible because it's supernatural. It's beyond the natural realm, it supersedes, it overrides natural. It's superior to natural. So if you want to see the task or the assignment or the will of God be done in your life, you need to know that you can't accomplish supernatural things by natural means. With man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. With man, seeing the will of God happen is impossible. It's impossible for the will of God to be accomplished for the will. And it's always been that way since the beginning of time. With man alone, it is impossible to see the will of God come to pass. But with God, all things are possible, not by God, not God alone, but with him, with him alongside of you. He needs you. But he doesn't need your might and he doesn't need your power, but he needs you to do things by his spirit. It's not by might and it's not by power, but by his spirit. Galatians chapter three, verse two and three. This is Paul talking. He says, let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the spirit because you believe the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be after starting your new lives in the spirit? Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Wow, that's so good. The New King James Version says, Are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? So you started your walk off with God in the spirit. You acknowledged that you had to accept and believe, The message about Jesus Christ and then you try in your own human effort you try in your own human power by your own might in your flesh to try to to try to become perfect it's only by the spirit where you can do supernatural things sanctification only works if you're doing it by the spirit if you start doing it by the flesh Paul says it right here that you're trying to obey the law of Moses. You're and we don't we're not under that law today. But you try to obey the, the rules, the religion, you try to obey the rules of God. You're trying to be made righteous in your own power. Sanctification only works when it's done by the Spirit. Anything that you do, any supernatural thing. You put it in anywhere in the word of God. If there is something supernatural that takes place in your life, that has to take place in your life, if there's something that God has placed on your heart, if there's something that God has spoken to you to do, if there's something that God has ordained you to do, equipped you to do, you need to know that you cannot accomplish that thing because it's supernatural because God gave it to you, first of all. And God is a supernatural being. He doesn't do things the natural way. He always does things supernaturally. If it wasn't supernatural, it wasn't God. I'm just going to say that. If it wasn't supernatural, it wasn't God. It was you. Like if you're a drug addict and you take Suboxone which is a drug, for for the people who don't know, which is the drug that gets you, or methadone, If it's a drug that gets you to stop craving that drug, whatever narcotic that you are addicted to. And going to NA every week, that's not supernatural. That's not being led by the spirit. That's not, you did that in your own power and you're putting God's name on it. God does not work that way. He works immediately. God is not limited to time. Do you know that God created time for us? I'm going to talk about that in another episode. But God created time for us. He is outside of time. The Bible says a thousand years is like a day. And a day is like a thousand years to God. He created the earth in six days. This world, this planet that we are on right now, how big it is, how full it is of, of life. And I'm not talking about people because there were only two people in the world at that time, but how, how, how much life there was, the animals and the fish and the, the waters and the, the stars and the sun and the moon and the birds in the sky and the things that's that, crawl on the earth. All of it was made in six days. God does not need 12 weeks. God does not need 12 weeks to figure out how it is you're going to get delivered from drug addiction. I don't know why I'm talking about that right now, but I am. God doesn't need six months to get your finances straightened out to get your your car situation straightened out. All he needs is a moment. But it's up to your faith. Your faith. Joshua didn't make the sun stand still for almost 24 hours alone in his own power. Like these are big things that we're talking about here. These are mighty things that we're talking about. The word of God is true. Listen, I need you to understand that the word of God is true. I know it's easy because Joshua was alive maybe like two, four thousand years ago. I don't know how long, but I know it's hard to dis. I know it's easy to distance yourself from this because we don't know what Joshua looked like. We weren't buddy, buddy with Joshua, but this man prayed to God. And asked for the sun to stand still so they could win their battle. And the sun stood still for almost 24 hours. The sun didn't move. Like that's a big thing. That's a big thing. These are not little small things that we're talking about here. These are supernatural things. Moses, he parted the Red Sea. And it wasn't by his own might and it wasn't by his own power or strength. But God was with him. And he was able to do that. He parted the Red Sea. Have you ever think about that? Like, imagine going to the beach. Imagine going to the ocean right now and holding out a stick. And seeing the waters part and making a pathway for you through. And like, you know, the thing, the things that we deal with today, at least here in America, I can speak for America because I live in America. People don't even want to go to God about their sicknesses. Yeah, my back's been hurting for the last 20 years, but you know, I'm just hoping one day that it'll go away. Do you realize that you are serving the God? that parted an an entire sea, created this very earth that you're standing on in six days, do you realize that the God that you serve says that anything is possible with him? Back pains, back pain is not an impossibility for God. And if that's the case, just quit now. Because if God can't even handle your back pain, why are you serving him? Honestly. Not only did Moses part the Red Sea, but he delivered an entire nation of Israelites, the whole nation out of Egypt. He delivered the entire nation in one day. David and Goliath. David didn't slay Goliath in his own power and his own strength. He was a kid but he was backed up by the power of God because he believed God. He believed him. Wow, David believed God and God backed him up. Esther saved her people. She was a woman. She was scared that she was going to get killed by entering the king's presence and asking him for a favor. But one woman who believed God was able to save her entire nation from destruction. Nehemiah rebuilt the walls, the gates of, of, the, of Israel, Jerusalem, with demonic opposition the entire time and nothing happened to him. And how is that possible? Because of the anointing, because of the power, because of the grace that God put on his people to do supernatural things in a natural world. But they believed him. They walked by the spirit. They believed the Lord. They didn't try to do the things in their own power. Jesus and all the apostles were followed by miracles. They were followed by miracles. And it's easy to say, okay, Jesus was God. But the apostles were men. Like Peter, a few chapters before. Because in Acts chapter 3, he healed a lame man. In Acts chapter 2, he preached a message that astonished the people who were listening. A few chapters before that. He had betrayed his savior. He betrayed Jesus Christ. So not only Jesus, because yeah, Jesus was God, but Jesus had faith too. And Jesus recognized that it wasn't even him. When people came to him, like the woman with the issue of blood, he said, your faith has healed you. He said that to everybody who came to him. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has healed you. Because of your faith, it will be done. Or it has been done. So Jesus and and the apostles were followed by miracles, signs, and wonders. The dead were raised. Demons were casted out. Sick were healed. The sick were healed. The lame walked and the blind saw. Jesus said you will do greater works than I have done and the apostles did that and we're supposed to be doing that today and there are many people many people in this generation and many people in the generation before us that saw and see mighty miracles following them more things than Jesus ever had the chance to do here on earth he was here for three years not here for three years, but he was doing his ministry for three years. It's all throughout the word, Old Testament and New Testament. And God is not a respecter of persons. So if he did it for them, he will do it for you. And if he does it for people today, if he did it for that minister, if he did it for that pastor, if he did it for that evangelist, if he did it for that prophet or that apostle, then he will do it for me. Because he is not a respecter of persons. If you just read the book of Acts, you will see all the miracles that the apostles, all the miracles that followed the apostles. They were doing exactly the same things that Jesus was doing. So you listening right now, you, I want you to know that you were not meant to live a mediocre life. Regardless of if you're called to ministry or not, you should be producing fruit. That's what children of God do. We produce. And if the word of God is true, which it is, then miracles, signs, and wonders should be following you. Mark chapter 16 verse 15 says, and then he told him, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will, will cast out demons in my name and they will speak in new languages and they will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them they will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. So again, if the word of God is true, if the word is true, which it is, if Jesus is true, which he is, it says that these signs will follow. They will accompany him who believes. So, if you're not seeing these signs, if you're not seeing miraculous signs following you, I just have to suggest that you might not be preaching the gospel or you don't believe. And it's probably both. And it's plain and simple. If you don't see miracle signs and wonders following you, you don't believe. You just don't believe. That's what the word says. That's not what Kiera is saying. That's what Jesus says. He says these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. So if those miraculous signs aren't accompanying you, then you don't believe plain and simple. You were created for supernatural things. You weren't created for mediocrity. You weren't created to live a mediocre life. You weren't created to just get married, have kids and die. You weren't created to work a nine to five job for 40 years And retire at the age of 65 and stay in your house all day after that. You weren't created to live a life of no substance, where nothing is happening, of stagnancy, complacency. You were not meant to live that kind of life. You were created, people were created to be rulers. Okay, like God created Adam and he gave him all dominion. And yes, Adam messed it up. But who's the second Adam? Jesus is the second Adam. And once you believe and call on his name, you can walk in those things. You can walk in the supernatural. Because you were meant, you were created to do that. And again, it doesn't matter if you're called to ministry or not. You don't have to be called to full-time ministry to see the miracle signs and wonders following you. All you have to do is preach the gospel. All you have to do is believe what you're saying. And I want to be fully transparent here because I'm talking to myself as well. I'm not coming for anybody. I'm talking to myself (laughs) Hebrews 11, 6 says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. He says in his word that it is impossible to please him without faith. You have to have faith to believe him or to please him. You have to have faith to please him. And not the the kind of faith that we, we think. Oh, I believe in Jesus. Yeah, I believe that he lived and died and rose again for me. Yeah, I believe all that. No, you have to have the substance of things divinely guaranteed, hoped for. You have to have the conviction of the reality of the things that are not seen. If you don't have that, you don't have faith. If you can't see into the spirit, if you can't trust in the divine promises of the word of God, you don't have faith, my friend. And then he says, anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. You must believe. In the New King James Version, it says, you must believe that God, that he is. He is what? He is who he says he is. All of his divine promises, divine guarantees. Everything that he says that he is. Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Jireh. You have to believe that he is who he says he is. He is my healer. He is my provider. He is my refuge, my dwelling place, my strong tower, my fortress. He is my creator. He is my almighty, all powerful God. It says that you must believe that he is. He is who he says he is. Not just believe in God. Not just believe, oh yeah, there's a God up there. Yeah, there, the, the, the God, the Father of Jesus. Yeah, I believe. I believe in him. No, you must believe that he is who he says he is. And not only that, but that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He rewards you when you diligently seek him. What is diligently seeking him? I can tell you what it's not. It's not opening your Bible for a week. It's not reading the word of God and saying, it's not reading a promise and saying, oh yeah, that was just for them. That was just for them in that time. It's not missing church week after week because you have work or because you're busy You got things going on. Diligently seeking him. Seeking in his word. Finding out, how do I get access to these promises? People who diligently seek the Lord, or who diligently sought the Lord in the word. The woman with the issue of blood. She said, nope, I am not going to deal with this sickness any longer. I'm not bleeding another day in my life. I am going to touch the hem of his garment, and I will be healed," she said. The Bible says she said to herself, "I know that if I touch only the hem of his garment, then I will be healed." She was not okay with her sick with her sickness. She was not okay with her illness. She diligently sought the Lord. Blind Barnabas. Yelling Jesus's name, yelling Jesus' name over and over and over again, despite what the people around him said, they told him to shut up. He diligently sought after the Lord. He said, this blindness is not going to stay with me. I know that Jesus is Lord. I know that Jesus can heal me. I'm not okay with this. You must believe that he is who he says he is and then he rewards those who diligently seek him. So if you're listening today and there's never been a time in your life where you have given your life to the Lord, if you've never trusted in that name and confessed him as your Lord and Savior, I want you to do that with me right now. It's the only way That you will gain access to the kingdom of God. That you will inherit the kingdom of God. You cannot go to heaven. Let alone have all of these promises. You can't even just go to heaven without trusting in that name. So I want you to do that with me right now. Say, Heavenly Father, I admit that I have sinned and fallen short of your standard and I repent I believe in my heart that Jesus lived died and rose again just for me I confess with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior Holy Spirit come into my heart and help me to live for you All the days of my life. Thank you, Lord, that I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you prayed that prayer, you are now a child of the Most High God. A child of the King. And now you have access to all of of these promises in the Word. You are created. You were created to do something. Mighty for the Lord to live a powerful and mighty life for the Lord. You were not created to live a stagnant, dead, dry lifestyle. You were created to do mighty miracles for the Lord. You were created to do mighty things for him. And he loves you. He loves you. Just know that this is all about his love. How much he loves you. Because it was love that Jesus did that for you. We're not just minions. We're not just robots. We are children of God. And we are so loved by him that he sent his one and only son to die a criminal's death that he did not deserve, just so he could spend his eternity with us. It's all about love. You are his child and he is so proud of you that you made the choice, that you made the decision to be a part of his family permanently. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you guys are having a blessed week so far, a great week so far. I know that I am having a blessed week. Praise the Lord. I love you guys so much and I thank you guys so much for listening and being here, especially the ones who stayed for the whole time. Love you guys and I'll be talking to you guys tomorrow with another episode of A Year of No Fear follow the podcast on Instagram. It's at H I H B podcast and subscribe to the podcast and click the bell button. That way you get notifications whenever I upload a podcast episode. I love you guys so much and I'll be talking to you guys tomorrow. Bye.